Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com, and by Ocean State Bird Club, delighted to sponsor Ray Brown's Talking Birds. This October, if you hear ravens in your neighborhood croaking nevermore, it's time to get out of the house. And the best place to go is on one of Ocean State Bird Club's terrific free walks. Find us on Facebook and online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 748. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about that well-covered study concerning the steep decline of bird populations in North America. The study said that since 1970, North America has lost 3 billion birds. The suspected causes include, but aren't limited to, the clearing of land, widespread pesticide use, roaming domestic cats, and the effects of climate change. Now we're hearing about a new climate change-related development. A study published by researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, suggests that climate change is one big reason why birds in the Mojave Desert are having a hard time staying hydrated, which means they're having a hard time staying cool. And that seems to coincide with a roughly 40% decrease in the number of bird species documented there. The study points out that over the past century, temperatures in the Mojave Desert have risen about 3.5 degrees Fahrenheit, while precipitation has declined, at least in some parts. The lead author of the study, Eric Riddell, says, quote, For people that want to go out and see these birds, not only will they see fewer of them, but they will have much smaller windows of time when they can see them. Not only that, but the conditions that make the desert hard to live in and be active in for birds will also be true for humans. End quote. Okay, here's a bit of good news on the environmental front. We've just learned that another American city is getting ready to ban the bag as of October 22nd. Single-use plastic bags will no longer be available at store checkout counters in Providence, Rhode Island. The ban was approved by the city council on Earth Day in April and signed into law on May 1st. Way to go, Providence. That's the sound of our mystery bird. Here's our mystery bird contest preview. So you'll be ready when we... uh, call for the calls a little bit later on in the show. You're hearing some sounds of our mystery bird. Not surprisingly, it's a tree driller, a medium-sized tree driller with a chisel-like bill that's nearly the same length as its head. It's black and white all over, and the male has a small red patch on the back of his head. You'll find our bird in mature woods and small woodlots and wooded parks and residential areas with big trees feeding on insects, fruits, and seeds, Obtained by probing and prying and scaling and tapping and excavating and ringing all your bells and tapping on your window, too. Just made up that last part, but that's our mystery bird. This is a little preview. Beautiful prizes include maybe the most popular of all the Droll Yankees bird feeders, and that's the Observer Window Feeder. Let you see the birds up close with an unobstructed view. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Preview there of our mystery bird contest, the actual contest itself coming along just a little bit later on. 
in our show. Meanwhile, we have some more thank yous to express, and including those in those thank yous are Katie from Pembroke, Massachusetts, right down the road from us here. She says, I have contact with many bird lovers already. We'll love to advance talking birds even more. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you to Barbara Carroll from Hanover, Massachusetts. Barbara's been a big supporter of our show for a long time, and we're really happy to have her aboard as an official Talking Birds ambassador. It's about time. It's about time, yeah. Barbara. Yeah. What the heck? Thank you, Barbara, though. <laughs> very much. Where you been? Good oh. things take time, right? <laughs> thank you very much, Barbara. And from a little farther away, we have uh, thank yous to Nick Rudder from London, England. Nick says, although based in England, I find much to enjoy in the show, both the international items and the features on fantastic American birds, some of which occasionally make it to this side of the Atlantic. And I'm the proud owner of a Birdwatcher's General Store t-shirt, which a thoughtful daughter bought for me on her visit to Cape Cod some years ago. London is a great city for birds, and I'd encourage visiting birders to check out the program of free walks organized by the London Bird Club nearly every week. All are welcome. I'd be happy to hand out some Talking Birds cards to fellow members of that club and of the other nature groups to which I belong. And Nick is perhaps too modest to mention, too, that he's also the editor of the London Naturalist, which is an annual publication providing a wealth of information for people who live or work in London or are interested in London wildlife. That's very special, Nick, as are the sign-ups from Katie and Barbara. And here's something else quite special. I think this one perhaps deserves some fanfare. Kind of a mega fanfare. That's a, it's a lot of fanfare. It'll be over soon. Woo! <laughs> Hang on to your seats. <laughs> this is by way of welcoming our 400th member of the Talking Birds Ambassadors family. All right. Thank you, Tim. It's Chris Powell from Bristol, Rhode Island, who has now joined his wife, Candy, as a Talking Birds Ambassador. Chris signed up on the 29th of September, so we reached our goal of welcoming 400 ambassadors to the family by the end of that month. As stated, thank you, Chris. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our Ambassadors family. Let us send you some info cards to hand out at your convenience to friends and neighbors and fellow birders. To do it, just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, click on the Get Involved uh, tab at the top of the page, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll welcome back our friend Jim McCoy to our Talking Bird studio so that he may present an impassioned defense of people that some folks target for criticism. Listers, bird listers. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor from the Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod for Let's Ask Mike Live. He'll tell us how we can fight back against that big decline in bird populations in our own backyards. And now, with the help of some science fiction-y computer sounds, we meet today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Description. A large, long-legged raptor with a black cap and short crest on the back of the head. Pale neck and throat, bare red skin on the face, and a large blue-gray hooked bill. The black body and a white tail with a wide black tip and white patches on the ends of its dark wings. Our bird's location. 
South Texas, Southern Arizona, South Florida. Habitat. Open country, including pasture land, cultivated areas, and semi-desert. Our birds prey. Small and large vertebrates, including fish, reptiles, amphibians, birds, and mammals. Also eggs, carrion of all types, and insects. Identity. Caracara Cheroe. The Crested Caracara. Those are the hollow, rattling sounds the bird makes when disturbed. It's otherwise quiet. Although it looks like a long-legged hawk and associates with vultures, the crested caracara is actually a member of the falcon family. Its feet are raptor-like, but with flatter talons that allow caracaras to walk and run more easily than other raptors. Their flight pattern has been compared to that of the northern harrier, but more graceful and faster, reaching flight speeds of up to 40 miles an hour and often soaring in large circles at great heights above the desert. The Crested Caracara is a common subject of folklore and legends throughout Central and South America. It's sometimes referred to as the Mexican Eagle, and it is in fact the national bird of Mexico. Its other nicknames include Caracara Eagle, King Buzzard, Audubon's Caracara, and Mexican Buzzard. Caracara Cheroway. The Crested Caracara. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show, number 748. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you'll visit our spiffy new website, still at that same old address. TalkingBirds.com. We hope you'll also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and at our rejuvenated Instagram uh, place there, too, at Talking Birds. Well, our friend Jim McCoy is an avid and expert birder, and as we learned on his previous visit with us, a life coach, and he's also an admitted lister. Uh, I think he is. I actually didn't ask him that, but I'll find out, which is generally defined as someone who's intensely focused on keeping and growing lists of birds in this case, and he's here with us this morning in our Talking Birds studio to defend a practice that some criticize. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Ray. Not everybody criticizes listers. I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like it's some awful thing, which I know you certainly don't. Yeah, it's more, uh, some people regarded it almost as uncool, like you're not supposed to care about your list. Oh, uncool. Well, yeah. you're not uncool. So oh, that, certainly not. Certainly not. So, what else is it about listing that draws criticism? I, I think, as with almost anything, you can always find uh, someone, no matter what you're doing, who will behave badly. <laughs> and and when listers behave badly, people notice. So sometimes people, for example, won't respect property rights, and they might, uh, you know, go into someone's yard to look for a bird or something like that because they're they feel like they have to get it no matter what. Yeah. Well, that's what birders say about. People who take pictures sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so? it's it's yeah. kind of parallel in a way. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, many photographers are are very thoughtful and responsible, and um, but uh, you know, a couple of bad apples can create a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. Well, what about uh, the distinction uh, between listers who count birds around home, let's say, and those who roam the country or the world and 
search of more birds to add to their list. Do you make a distinction between uh, those I groups? I don't. I, you know, it's it's birding is birding, and, and if you keep a list, you keep a list. Um, and, and people enjoy what they enjoy, and that's why they keep lists. So if you don't travel a lot and you just want to know how many different birds you get to your, uh, at your feeder, you might have a, a list of, of 15 birds at your feeder. Um, but, but, yeah, some people will go to great lengths to increase their list in the world mm-hmm. or in the country or wherever. That's like my list. I keep seeing the same birds, but I put another check mark each yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I started uh, with uh, checking off birds mm-hmm. in the back of, of my junior golden guide. Okay, sure. Well, you mentioned about the you know, big years and so forth. So you have these big years, global big years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, some of the criticism there, I think, is people maybe charter boats and airplanes mm. to travel around. So there's some environmental question maybe about what they're doing. What do sure. And, and yeah, I, I've met very few people who are, are uh, have optimized their carbon footprint. So, uh, you know, people fail in different ways. Mm. And, yeah, you can make an argument that, that it's wasteful. Um, but you can make that about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these things, a lot of them come down to individual choice. And and uh, so yeah, I, I I have no objection to someone jumping on a plane to see a bird. It means they get more experience of the world around them. Mm-hmm. They see more. They understand more. And there's a carbon offset thing that people do, right? That when they travel like that, I think Neil uh, Noah Stricker talked about that in his Global Big Year. That he did other things to try to offset. That yeah. sort of carbon footprint. Yeah, uh, and and that's it. Uh, again, it's a uh, individual choice. So if you're conscious that you uh, do some things uh, uh, that use up a lot of energy and or or put a lot of carbon dioxide in the environment, you can do other things that that are are more responsible. Kind of kind of make up for it. So Jim, you've articulated sort of four defenses uh, of listing specific things. Number one says, any reason for birding is a good reason, Mm. and live and let live is a pretty useful (laughs) philosophy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I I get a kick out of it because related to the listing is uh, some people will say, oh, you know, I didn't know birding was competitive, and mm. and they they think it's some sort of competition, and that means it's bad. But I can think of few things less com- uh, or more competitive than sort of holding yourself up as morally superior to someone in some way. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, um, I've forgotten the yeah. question. Uh, well, ju- the, yeah, ju- just about a live, live and let. Oh live yeah, live and let live philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's not a contact sport either. It really is competition. It's so. pretty harmless. <laughs> so number two, listing is a great organizing principle for birding and great motivation to get out the door, which often results in good things. Yeah, I. Uh, had did a couple of of I did one sort of what I called a moderate year because I was just uh, traveling a lot for other reasons in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and I just made a point of birding wherever I went. And then uh, I had one year where I tried to see as many birds as I could in Massachusetts when I was mm-hmm. starting my coaching business and didn't have many clients. I thought, <laughs> ah, perfect time to see a bunch of birds. You utilize the time well. And uh, yeah, it just got me places uh, that I wouldn't otherwise have mm-hmm. gotten, and I had a wonderful time both both years. Mm-hmm. So your number three uh, defense, there's no reason to suppose that listers as a group care any less about birds than non-listers. I'd actually argue the reverse, you say. So that sometimes yeah. that's a criticism. I right? think you start... Yeah, people yeah. will see someone uh, walk up to a bird, say, ah, got it, and, and mm-hmm. not 
you know, gaze at it lovingly and behold it for the proper <laughs> amount of time. Um, and, and they think, oh, they don't care about the birds, they just care about the number. And that may be mm-hmm. true of some people, and that's fine for them. I'd rather mm-hmm. that they cared about the birds in that small way. Um, but a lot of people care very deeply about the birds, and, you know, but you're not going to gaze lovingly at your 470,000th robin. Um, <laughs> so you might just say, ah, there's a robin. Uh, yeah. That's a new one for the day. If that's the only bird you can find, you might you might do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, people that come from other parts of the world, they see an American robin, and it's like, wow. Absolutely. That is yeah, really yeah. something. Okay, your fourth defense, uh, Jim. Listers are keenly aware of where the birds are, which might make them better than average advocates for habitat conservation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a, sometimes a little obsession is a good thing, and, and you have to learn. If you want to grow your list, you... You have to know how to differentiate, for example, a savanna sparrow from a song sparrow. Mm-hmm. And you have to know where you're likely to find a savanna sparrow. Um, and so you learn. And the more you learn, the more you understand, the, the more you care, and, and the better you advocate. All right. Those are some pretty good defenses there, Jim. Mm-hmm. How many birds on your list? I'm just I'm, uh, I wish I knew exactly, but uh, worldwide it's something like 1,700, and in the U.S. it's something like 630 or 40, something like mm-hmm. that. Tim looks pretty impressed in there. He's yeah, nice. that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. how, how many on your list, uh, Tim? Uh, uh, not that many. You want to get back to me on that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He doesn't remember exactly either, so he's got he's <laughs> he's to check on that. Jim, thank you so much. Jim McCoy is an avid and expert birder. And uh, a life coach, too. We can follow you, Jim, in that regard. This is interesting. Last time you were here, you talked about how sometimes you can actually apply your life coaching skills with birders mm. that you talk to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it, it, you know, you can talk uh, to people about what they care about deeply, what they don't care about. Sometimes you can actually learn from what the birds are doing and understand mm-hmm. the human condition better. Um, by seeing what the animals are doing. MerlinCoaching.com is Jim's uh, website. MerlinCoaching.com. Jim, thank you. We'll have you back on another topic. Thank you very much, Ray. Appreciate it. Coming up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. There's a crisis facing us today that reaches far beyond borders or boundaries. It's our planet, and it's in trouble. Scientists estimate that climate change will increasingly alter our planet and many of our land and water resources will be at risk. Without them, we could lose many of the natural habitats that support life on Earth. Not only will numerous plant and animal species disappear, but the quality of life for all of us will never be the same. What scientists haven't calculated is the power of the human will to work together to save the future of our natural world and all of its inhabitants. If you're ready to make a difference that lasts, to help protect nature and preserve life, visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org today. That's nature.org today. Our Mystery Bird Contest is a feature of our show every week. If you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. What we do is we mention the... Uh, uh, description of a bird is what we do there. We give some clues. You know what I mean, Tim. We play the sound of the bird, and we invite you to call in at this number. We hope you'll call as soon as you possibly can because we do have a tendency to kind of get squeezed for time at the end of the show here. 781-837-4900 is the number. That's 781 837 
Here are some of the bird's sounds. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized tree driller with a chisel-like bill that's nearly the same length of its head, kind of going front to back. It's black and white all over. The male has a small red patch on the back of its head. You'll find our bird in mature woods, small woodlots, wooded parks, and residential areas with big trees feeding on insects, fruits, and seeds, and more. And that's our mystery bird. What is it? Tell us definitively or take a guess. If no correct answer is received, we'll do a drawing and uh, get a winner that way. So we're determined to have a winner. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Prizes include the Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder. Attaches right to your window for an unobstructed view of the birds coming to visit. Plus a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. The app that makes learning bird sounds a game. So, that's our mystery bird uh, contest. We'll get back to it in the phone calls coming up. But first, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor down at the famous Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. I'm Laura Blakesley from Charlotte, North Carolina. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because even without being one, I already was one. Every time I would be meeting people out on the birding trails, I would be talking about the show and how fun it was to listen to and asking everyone to tune in to Ray Brown's Talking Birds. It's for anybody who likes birds. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's Get Involved at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. So back to that story of the 3 billion bird population decline in North America, but now in the very local backyard level. In other words, what can we regular folks do about it, if anything. Let's ask a man who has about three billion birds in his backyard. That would be <laughs> Mike O'Connor from the that's, famous... That's what my life list is up to. Is up to three billion? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jim McCoy just left the studio. Yeah, he's, sorry, he's, sorry, Jim. I smoked yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, Jim was did. in the store a few uh, weeks ago. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah. wow. Nice. And he didn't shoplift, which is, you know, different than the usual customers, so i got to give him credit for that. Really? <laughs> you can't prove that he didn't shoplift any. Okay. He must be really good at it. You can't All right. So, Mike, yeah, so we've lost this frightening number of birds over the last uh, 50 years or so, and uh, we feel a little helpless sometimes. Well, what can we do about it? But there are things we can do on the very Yeah, yeah there certainly are. And I had a couple of customers, a lot of customers, talk about this, and, and one of them particularly said, okay, I'm kind of giving up on the national, even the local level, in terms of, you know, right now the political climate isn't pro-environment for whatever reason. So he said, what, what can the, each individual do? And you, you mentioned this, you know, at the top of the show. It's cats are a huge problem. Hundreds and millions of birds are killed by cats constantly. So if you have a cat, it's a house cat, keep it in the house, please. If you want to do something to, to protect wildlife, especially birds, control the cats. That's, you know, that's, the, that's what an, each individual can do is control. 
not just cats, but dogs. Dogs are becoming the second problem in my mind. Dogs, you know, and when I grew up, when you grew up, we had a dog in the backyard. It was fine. Now everybody has to parade their dog around the town, through the woods. Everybody goes, takes their dog through every environmental trail there is. And it seems like a nice thing. It seems like a healthy outdoor thing. It's not necessarily. No matter how many times you have leash laws, people let their dogs run loose. The, do- the laws don't apply to their dog. There used to be a habitat right down the street where it was full of horn larks. Now people let their dogs run loose there. The horn larks are gone. An Australian study. So even leash dogs, where they go through wild habitat, you know, just conservation area, they walk their dog, which seems like a nice thing. Mm -hmm. The population of birds dropped by 40% because birds don't want to nest where there's the endless stream of predators walking through. So... You know, if you have a dog, take it to a soccer field. Take it to a, an area that's already been compromised. Don't take it to this wonderful habitat that you think is a nice thing. It doesn't really help. It, it, it's not really helpful to the wildlife. Window strikes, we talk about that all the time. I know I sound like a guy mad me and yelling on the phone right now. I'm sorry. But we talk about window strikes. You know, get some of the stickers. Um, that's, a, that's another huge problem. You talk about big, big buildings and everything, but your own house, if you lose one bird a year on your house, multiply that by all the buildings in the, in the world. It, it's, it's a big problem. So go out and buy some stickers or even make your own. I take a suction cup and I take a streamer and I stick it on the window and the streamer blows around. It's homemade and it's helpful. My wife hates it, but I don't care. It's really, really, really helpful you know, in terms of keeping the birds off the uh, protection from the windows. And, and lastly, when you go, when you do your yard work, stay away from the big box stores. Go to a local nursery and talk to them about native plants. Just don't grab something that looks that's on sale and looks pretty. Go to a nursery and say, I want native plants that's going to attract insects because the insect population is dropping too, and that's what these birds feed on. And so get something that's belongs in the area and that that'll supply insects and it'll help the birds and i'm sorry i was yelling <laughs> that's all right you, you'll 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 calm down you should buy some bird seed too and bird feeders i bet right <laughs> yes that's what everybody should do actually thank you mike okay we'll talk next week right all right mike o'connor there at the legendary bird watchers general store on cape cod we're back here to the mystery bird contest right after this important message the September-October issue of Birdwatching Magazine is now available at Barnes & Noble and other newsstands. It features a story about the uncertain future of the whooping crane, tips for photographing birds that fly fast, and a guide to fall and winter birding festivals. Plus, Ken Kaufman describes how to identify wandering tattler. David Sibley provides a closer look at crows and much more. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. There's the mystery bird we're trying to identify. What is it? 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. And uh, we have uh, Joe in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning, Ray. How are you? Doing well, Joe. What do you think on the uh, on the mystery good. bird contest? Uh, I, I just guessed a woodpecker, and he had me be more specific. Specific. Uh. Specific, yeah. Specificity. Uh, I guess the eastern woodpecker. I, I didn't. I don't know of different woodpecker, so I'm not uh-huh. sure. Okay. Well, it's it is kind of an eastern woodpecker, and it's also a, a western woodpecker too, right? But, okay. uh, Tim, uh, what do you say about that answer from uh, Joe? Oh, so, I'm sorry. Well, no. sorry about that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ray. Right. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Thank you very much, Joe. Let's go to yeah, Jane. Jane is nearby too. She's in. Hummerock, Massachusetts. Good morning, Jane. 
Good morning. Love the show. I just wish it were longer. Oh, well, thank you. Let's stretch it out. No, Tim says no. We can't stretch it out. But oh, thank you. We're still working uh, on yeah. that. We've been working on that for years, but we're still uh, working on it. What do you think, Jane, about the mystery bird? Again, a woodpecker, but I was guessing the hairy woodpecker. Hairy woodpecker. Jim McCoy is our expert in the studio today. Jim, what do you say? In my expert opinion, yes. All right, there it is. That settles it then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Jane, stand in line. We'll get uh, your, um, what, or your address so we can send you the, the prizes. I'm right down the street in Hummerock. Okay. <laughs> it should be no problem then. Jim McCoy, thank, thank you. you so much again for, for being on the show. Thanks this. again, Ray. It's fun. What climate change is doing to East Coast birds and beaches, plus battling the balloons in Nebraska. And this Buds for You, brought to you to your favorite store, very soon by Electric Truck. Those are things we'll be talking about in next week's Talking Birds show. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. The Bird Show, I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Delighted to sponsor Ray Brown's Talkin' Birds. This October, if you hear ravens in your neighborhood croaking nevermore, it's time to get out of the house. And the best place to go is on one of Ocean State Bird Club's terrific free walks. Find us on Facebook and online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Bird Club.